Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager, your host here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch. And you can find information at silverbirchranch.org and the campus of Nicolet Bible Institute. Uh, last time on Younger Older, I was talking with my friend Bill. And he has been in HR for a while. He's a little older than I am. And we had a good discussion, just discussing what it is that young people should know about it in interviews, some of the inside workings and how they think. And and uh, really encouraging you, if you're a young person or looking for a job, get on your knees and ask God what you should do and enjoy who God is and go there and look for ways that God would use you in the company and let him open the doors. I mean, that's. am I right on summarizing that, Bill, if you're a believer? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, he, it happened in my life. I mean, yep. it, it happens. And God if you get works. rejected, you do, because then you don't belong there. And go on and say, okay, God, that didn't work. Where else do you want me? And uh, I promise you that God isn't stumped by your lack of a job. He knows what to do. Um, if I, I, I tell kids this. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, too. I, I said, if you go in, in, in an interview, you're just going in. And I know some kids that are just, they're just wonderful young people. But they dress like slobs. And I say, you know, you go into an interview, understand something. If all things are equal, the person interviewing you is going to have to make a decision based on something. So minimize the problem. That's all. Now, once again, if you come in and I'm interviewing you, you know, you don't understand that when I was in a Chicago public school, I didn't like girls with ponytails because they would sit in front of me, the desks were screwed to the floor, they turned their head and all my papers went on the floor. So, you know, I might look at you and go, ponytails, yuck. You know, I mean, I, that's not right, but again, I might, because people are human and they all have their little prejudices and you'd like to pretend that nobody's prejudiced about anything, but honestly, we all have little ones somewhere. Um, I'm not saying you wouldn't get a job because of a ponytail, I'm saying there's a reason why you don't get one if you don't get it, so minimize what you can do to cause a distraction. In other words, dress decently. I wouldn't dress like, I wouldn't put on a tuxedo, but I wouldn't come in there with torn clothes everywhere and look sloppy either. Am I right on that? Is that uh, yeah, Dave, you're right on that. I mean, first impressions um, are lasting impressions. Um, so it is important. It's funny you talk about, um, we, had, we had a guy come in and apply for a job. It was for our shop. So you just come to the window and get an application. Well, he came back, filled out the application in crayon. And <laughs> sorry, yeah. I, I laugh because I'm like, "Oh, this is going well." Right, filled out crayon, and then you know he he talked to the um, another person in my department and turned around and walked away. The lady called me over right away as he's walking out the door. He had about a four inch tear in the back of his pants. You could see pretty yeah. much everything. Um, not saying that that caused him not to get the job. Uh, the crayon might have been. Yeah, the crayon the, had the a little crayon more influence. Yeah, but um, it is true. First impressions are important. Do not overdress for the position, though. Right. Um, if you're going in and you're going to work at a machine shop or you're going to do something like that, well, then, you know, good slacks, khakis, uh, a nice shirt. Um, if you're going in to be for an engineering job or something like that, well, then, you know, wear that appropriate kind of clothing yeah. is important. Um, other key issues, don't be on time, be early. Right. You know, five minutes early is the best to be, um, and then be respectful about that. Um, I've had 
we could talk a lot more than 27 minutes yeah. actually um, about what people do. So think ahead. Don't just get the interview and say, okay, I'm going. Actually, in your mind or in a in your process, process the interview in your head because then you could say, okay, I want to say this. What kind of questions are they going to ask? One thing is don't worry about silence. If they ask you a question and you're going to take 15 or 20 seconds to figure out the answer, it's okay. It's better than giving a bad answer. So all of those things. And then come in with questions. I was just going to ask you that. How important is it to know anything about the company? Oh, yeah. Even even at a, um, a janitor or a machinist or um, a machine operator, if you go out and look at the website, and understand more about the company, and then be able to talk. See, if you know what the job is, you could speak to the job. Because all companies fill a position based on a need. When you look at an ad, they're gonna have that need listed. It's either gonna say we need somebody with 10 years experience, or we need somebody who can um, work with uh, CNC machines. So note those things, and that should be part of your answers to questions. Well, yeah, I have 10 years experience on this mill. Well, how did you know that we're looking for it? Because you looked at the, applic- at, the, um, at the ad for the job. They will say what they're looking for. So, and if you write your resume based on that, then you're gonna have words in your resume that are gonna link to what their job description is, which in today's computerized world, they'll grab those and your resume will be drawn in because you had CNC or you had um, a certain machine that you've used and that's what they were looking for. An automated system will look for those words that say you qualify. So you, you wanna actually strategize before you go in. And resumes, especially if you're professionals, have a different resume for every um, different job you're going to go for. If you are a manager, you want to manager a clothing store, then write a resume that experiences you. Don't lie. It always comes up. Christians don't lie. So, right. um, But you, know, you, you want to develop. You How about pr- exaggerating? Not ex- no, no exaggerating. <laughs> okay, just wondering. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. And, and remember, uh, just for those who maybe have never done it before, you sign that if you fill out an application for a company, you sign the bottom. And when you sign the bottom, you're basically saying that everything on that document is accurate. And, and in the past, I have had, unfortunately, uh, the opportunity to terminate someone because they lied um, on their application about previous experience. And we found out they didn't have it through the quality of the work they did. And sure. Then we terminated them. So it is, it, it, a job isn't just going there. It's be ready for it. And um, yeah. I think, it, it, and be com- try, to, try to be as comfortable as you can. I, I would love to see those who love God, those who understand the Bible and, and really want to represent the king well, I would love to see us infiltrate every business in America and just work hard and be the people that all those business owners look to to say, I really want you here. And, and let us have a testimony of showing who God is by the, how we work. That, that would be my goal as one of those who teaches Bible. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, the goal is not that everyone that I teach goes in to become a pastor. I would think I would fail if I did that because that's not how we're going to infiltrate the world. I'm not against you becoming a pastor. That's good for you. If that's what God wants, I hope you go that way. But I think that what we really want to do is represent Christ well in the kingdom everywhere everywhere we go as believers. 
And so if you're a young person looking for a job, I encourage you, don't just look at the money. Don't just look at maybe the space where you're going to live. Maybe you want to live in a warmer climate, colder climate. But ask God, what did you make me on this planet to do? And how can I represent you best uh, in both my skill set and my and go? And, and so the person interviewing you may not be a believer. I understand that. You said something the last time we were together, Bill, that I wondered how we do that today. You're looking for somebody, you know, with, with good moral standards. And, and I, I look at our culture and I think, what moral standards are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I mean. Well, yeah, in today's world, ethics and morals are exactly the same word. Yeah. And they're not at all. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, you do because we do reference checks. Right. Um, and there are, you know, we can go out on the, um, on the state um, that you can look up court issues. And if they've had issues, you can look at those. Um, to find out their character, but it's it's through it, good at good HR people will ask character based questions. We don't want you know so be prepared to answer more than just the answer. You know I have ten you know we're looking for somebody with ten years of this experience. Well, say I have that. No, you have to describe deeply what that is. I worked this machine. I have this many hours on that machine. I was able to do this process, that process. I have knowledge and experience in these things. That's going to separate you from the other guy who's got 10 years experience, but he doesn't have the same quality or kind of experience you have. So often I've interviewed people and they have said what they did. And I've had to say, expound it tell me more how did you do that you know what were the tools you used to make that happen because you're trying to identify yourself as the best candidate in the group and if you just talk the basics then you're you're going to fall into the average side instead of hey this person you've got to speak with now don't assume that the person interviewing you knows what you mean when you say what you did right because every company may do things differently so be specific. Now, if you're a believer, you're a Christian, you go into a company, do, do Christians um, sometimes when they start evangelizing on the floor, does that get in the way? Yeah, in today's world, I, that I'm just gets wondering, in the now, way. you're a believer, so I'm talking to a fellow yeah, believer, and I'm yeah. wondering, how does this all fit if, if there's a believer who thinks their job, number one job, is preaching? And they're and they're welders. I mean, how do you deal with that? Or what what would your advice be to a young Christian getting into the work world who says, "Well, I need to be a testimony." It, how do you do that in a secular company? Well, it it is interesting, but um, I think character and uh, um, what people see and how you treat others goes a long way. I um, I've been a Christian for almost forty years, I think. And uh, um, I, I, when I took this job at the company, I didn't start in HR. Remember, I, I got uh, asked to go into it. Well, on the on the credenza behind my desk, I have a Bible open. I have a picture on the wall of uh, Jesus sitting in a chair talking to a businessman, and I have some other things in there. And I had um, probably about four years before I retired, I had a new boss. The boss came in and said, looked at my office and said, you're the HR guy and you've got all this stuff here. And I said, yeah, but I don't, you know, I don't preach. And you hired Bill. Right. 
you did you didn't hire an HR guy. You got an HR guy, and his name is Bill, right. and this is Bill's life. Right. But I but you can't push. Right. But if you live your life right, they're going to ask you. Yeah. You know, if if you treat people right, somebody's going to say, "Why do you treat us like this?" Right. And then that opens up. Now you've you know you have the opportunity right. to do that. Yeah, I encourage you if you you know you're at a job, be the the one that has the highest character, the one they can trust, make other people around you successful. That's your testimony. Right. It isn't, you know, you'll get a chance to talk to people off the job or, or during a break or something mm-hmm. else. And you'll have the freedom then to talk in a way that your life backed up. So back it up first. Right. So this one you back up first. Right. And, and then talk later. I know I taught school for three years in a public school. And um, in order to beat Chicago traffic, I got there really early. So people thought I was diligent, but I was just beating traffic. <laughs> and so I would usually read my Bible there in the morning. I'd get, go down to the teacher's lounge, get myself a cup of coffee, go to my desk, and I would read. Teachers would come in, talk to me. My Bible's open. I would talk, you know. The Bible then during the day was just on the desk. It wasn't, I didn't do anything with it. I was just sitting there, you know, because I'd, I leave one there, it, it, so I'm not traveling with it all the time. And that alone was fine. I mean, w- when my faculty at the school had questions. This was a, a school district in Chicago area that mainly was Jewish in ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And so there were many times, actually, when one of the Jewish teachers would come in and say, hey, what do we believe about this? And really, I never said anything about my Christianity or knowing the Bible or knowing history or knowing the Old Testament. You know, I just lived in a certain way. And they knew I was in the early reading, you know, and, and they knew that, you know, when the holidays came, I would always talk about them. And then I always worked at this place called Silver Birch Ranch, where we're coming to you from today. In fact, honestly, I went into teaching because I wanted to be able to work with kids on a year-round basis and survive by being able to eat and things. So I thought, well, teaching will let me do that. I could be off in the summers and go up there and, and, you know, I could get paid for the rest of the year. But I wasn't really allowed to recruit kids to come up here because we teach the Bible. But through the year, almost every year, kids would come up and say, you keep talking about this camp, illustrations for something or other. Can we go to it? And I would say, well, you know, here's the rules. You know, I'm really not trying to recruit you, but if your parents write me a note, and they want to know information. If they want the information, they need to ask me for it. And if they ask me for it, I'll give it to them, but it's their choice. I, I, I don't want to you know, do anything. So I made it really hard for them to get the information. You, you know, Bill, through the years, many kids came here. I was able to share the gospel with them. And I never broke the rules of the school but while I was there. Mm-hmm. I just taught and cared for kids and cared for the people that came. And you don't need to be a preacher to people on the floor of a factory for people to know who you are, know who God is, and and just look for those opportunities during the break. Does that sound reasonable? Yeah, that's that's a necessity. I mean, if you really want to see God move through you and your in your job, then live like a God child. Yeah. I, I had the Bible on the back. I never talked to anyone. I never talked to anyone about the Bible or about God that didn't come and ask me first. Right. 
because being HR, I mean, it's, you know, HR can't do anything like that nowadays. Right. But I just lived my life. And I had people come in and say, could you pray with me? Or would you pray for this? Or, um, you know, a question about that. So the same thing happened to me as an HR manager. But because of the way I I lived my life, they, there was an interest. Right. Jesus draws people to him. He does. And if there's even a little part of him living in you. Now, how respectful does somebody need to be? In a private company, somebody owns the company. Yep. You need to abide by what they ask or not work there, correct? Yeah. I mean, that's that's what you have to do. As a Christian, you have to do that. So you have to follow the rules, um, and that's what they're there for. So you have to do that. But when somebody asks you a question, um, I was in a I was a director of a committee outside of work. It was a local committee. And um, I was going to be stepping down to go to a different position and somebody. And um, during that time, a company I was with was talking about locking the doors and closing. And uh, they, um, they knew about it, everybody in the room. And one of the guys who knew me personally said, Bill, why are you like not acting all nervous and worried and, you know, you you know, this company might be locking yeah. the doors. And, and so then I looked at everyone and it was a large 25 people, at least in the room. And I said, he asked me a question. I'm going to answer it. If my answers offend you, I apologize. But he wants to know why I, I can have the attitude I have in the midst of what I'm in. Sure. And it, it was an opportunity for me to share. And I had other people that um, appreciated what I shared and those who didn't apparently right. didn't bring it up. But, you know, if you're asked, I think you have a right to answer. Absolutely. But again, be respectful and not pushy. Yeah. You know? And I think you need to be people who are not only respectful, but do communicate. I, I remember I was meeting once with a group of guys. They were in a union at a, a, a factory. And um, I was meeting with a, a Bible study, just having it, you know, with them. And they started talking about the owner of the company in, in pretty graphic, terrible terms. And I stopped them. I said, that's not what we do. I said, you don't do that. You don't talk about people like that. Now, of course, I'm not at their job. We're doing this in somebody's home. They're just all working together. And I'm suggesting they don't do this because Christians don't do it this way. And they just looked at me. I said, here's what you do. You work for a, a company that's owned by an individual, right? Right. Okay. So you need to abide by what they say. Or go get another job somewhere else. Right. Well, they didn't like that. You know, their union. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, we could. I said, okay. But he has the right to say, I, I'm not doing it. And you could, you know, drag him around behind his back if you want. I said, who is the owner? And they hesitated. I said, no, who is he? And they told me. I said, where does he live? And it was another state. I said, really? I said, any of you guys know his phone number? Dave, what are you going to do? Do you have it? No. So I looked it up, and I called him. Wow. I called him. I said, you know what? I said, Here, here's what I want you to understand. I'm, I'm a Christian, and I'm working with some of the guys that work in your place, and they're believers. They're Christians. And, uh, you know, I said, I, they got a, an attitude that I think we need to correct. You know, and I, they're talking about you behind your back, and they're really frustrated by something. Is there any way I could get you to come to this Bible study sometime when you're in the area, and we can sit and talk with them, just face to face, so they can actually talk to you 
rather than talk about you. And the guy goes, who are you again? <laughs> and I mean, it's like, I never met the guy. And he's going, who in the world are you? And I explained it again. He goes, this is pretty different. So well, I, I don't work for you. So I mean, you can't fire me or anything. I'm just telling you, I, I think this could be healthier if I intervene. And uh, he says, okay, I'll do that. I'll, you know, I'm coming up this week. And I said, good, you know, we, we meet on this day. Why don't you just come and uh, we'll surprise him. You know, you'll, you'll walk in, we'll talk, talk about life. Uh, then he called me back later and said, well, he was telling his HR guy about it and they stopped him because of the union rules and everything. He can't talk directly to people on the floor, I guess. So I don't know what, the, I don't know all that stuff. You know, I'm, I'm still Dave outside all that. So, you know, I'm, I'm just a human, not a human resource guy. <laughs> so I have no idea. But what was interesting is how everything switched then among the guys and even in going forward in the future for everybody. Everybody realized, oh, there's a better method. Mm -hmm you know, than just moaning about something and complaining. Maybe you've got to talk to the guy who's in charge. I mean, if you're going to tell everyone that the boss doesn't care about you, don't you think they should know that? That that's how you feel? And that, I don't know. Well, of course, they're afraid they'll lose their job or something, but I don't know. I'm just saying communication seems to be like, honest communication might be difficult, but somehow you still got to have Christian principles. You, gossip is not okay. Right, absolutely. And it's in most handbooks, it's a uh, disciplinary um, issue. Uh, but I think often as Christians, we lose perspective um, at work because we think work's different. So um, we sort of jump in with the other complainers and things like that. But we lose the perspective that God is in the middle of everything. Right. Everything that happens on the job, God's there. As, you, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, you have to understand then that you're not a victim. Right. This is, a, this is in God's plan for you, and you got to look up and say, okay, God, what do you want me to learn? Right. You're trying to teach me something. How can I grow in you by this? Because um, I know it's wrong. If we can step in that direction, um, I think you'll see one, your attitude will change. Uh, you won't be caring, and, and you know, because grumbling creates bitterness. Bitterness becomes a root. Right. And pretty soon you're on a path that may not, you know, you'll need counseling to well, get out of. Well, how about people that come to you and say, though, you know, I'm trying to be one of the boys. You yeah. know, I'm trying to fit in. And if I don't join them and they're groaning or moaning, I, what do you say to them? Well, just like your your little story about that boss said, this is different. Yeah, um, I think being different is what God calls us to be. We're not supposed to be the normal in the workplace. We're supposed to be the exception in the workplace and our character and that we keep our mouth shut. And if it's none of our business, it's none of our business. Yeah. But if there is a real issue that you see, then it should be brought up. But it should be brought up with respect. Because often, just as we, we learn in our married lives or in our relational lives, people do things and we take it offense to it, but we, they don't even realize they did it. Right. So this boss who isn't even, wasn't even you know, at that location may not even know the problems that are there. So sometimes it's... In fact, I would, I would underscore that. I mean, often the boss doesn't know what's going on. Right. And you need to almost assume that at times in a big company. Right. You know, you think he knows what's going on in the janitor's closet? Yeah, right. And, and, and even should he? You know, I mean, there's, right. 
Uh, I remember my daughter once, and my daughter is a single girl, and she's blonde. I, I know people are going, what are you saying? I, well, she went when she takes her car to get work done, people, it seems, like to tell her that she needs more work than she needs on it. <laughs> she doesn't really know anything about cars. So she'd be easy to slide one by. So normally if she has work done on a car, she'll call me and say, Dad, you know, does this need to be done? And I'll say, yeah, that sounds reasonable or no. And so one time uh, she had a car, went, got it fixed, spent, I think, quite a bit, six, 800 bucks on it. And she kept calling me saying, well, you know, I went in because the brake lights didn't go on or something. And now, it, you know, they said I need a new alternator, new this, new that. I said, I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's an older car. I don't know. You know, might. And so she got it all done. And when she was driving up to our place then, and she got up and everything that they were supposed to fix wasn't fixed. Ooh. And, and she had all this bill. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, man. So she immediately said, you know, this is social media day. She said, Dad, I'll, I'll just give him a bad review. I said, don't do that. Mm. You know, don't do that, please. Yeah. Here, here's what we'll do. I said, you know, I am assuming this. I'm assuming that the owner of that company does not know that they took advantage of you. Because I'm just, it, I don't know of an owner of a company that would say, let's take advantage of blonde girls that walk in the door. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know that they would do that. So I said, let me do something. I'm going to call her. I'm going to call the person who's the owner. I don't know who it is. So I, I made a phone call, and I found out it was a lady owner. And eventually, they actually let me through to her because I said, yeah, I got something I think I'd like to tell her, you know, personally. And so they let me through. She said, how can I help you, you know? And I said, you know what? It, just so you know, I have a daughter. This is what she did. She came in. This is what happened. And, and the owner was just very quiet. And then all of a sudden she said, I am as angry as somebody can get. I have two daughters, and if that was ever done to me, <laughs> she said, you send your daughter back here. She will get her money back, and that car will be fixed. And I thought, okay, my daughter didn't have to go on social media, didn't have to. And in the process, it was, you know what? You did what you should have. You assumed first that the, the person that owned it didn't know this was going on. Right. And all you wanted to do was inform them. And if she would have owned it and said, yeah, that's how we treat blonde girls that come in, then I would have said, okay, now you got a problem. Go on social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what else to do at this point. Right. But I think if you do that, that's how a Christian should act. Go talk to the person who messed it up. Oh, right, right. Scripture is pretty clear on that. You yep. know, it, you know if, if I offend you, you need to come to me because I may not even realize I offended you. So they have to have that. And it takes some, it takes some trust in the Lord that you're doing the right thing. But I, I think confrontation that's not confrontational, right? meaning let's just talk. I just want to clarify that you understand the position I'm in. It's very healthy. It's, yeah. it's one of the more healthy and things And assuming, you can do. again, you know, in any situation, the guy at this factory, the owner, and the lady at this dealership really didn't have any idea what was going on. Right. They appreciated it. Somebody came to them and said that exact line. I don't think you know mm -hmm. what's going on. I wasn't accusing them of anything. Right. I was. I was just saying. I hear. I bet you in your organization you don't know what's going on. So I hope that you, as a believer, will get a job where you can represent the king well. You represent him well while you work, and you enjoy who God is. Make the people around you successful. And trust that God is a process in your life. If so, God will use you and your work 
for many years to come. Uh, I'm Dave Wager again. We're here with Younger Older coming to you from the campus of Nicolay Bible Institute here at silverbirchranch.org. Thank you for listening.